Hey, God bless you. This is Apostle Anthony Wilson. Happy Monday to you. Uh, 2020 is already in full swing. There's a lot of great things happening, but God has placed some things on my heart. And I'm going to give you today six things to avoid so that you don't stumble out the gate in 2020. These six things are going to be very, very important to you. They're going to make you think. They're going to make you want to go back to scripture. They're going to make you want to pray. They're going to make you want to examine yourself. And so I want to prepare you for these six things. And they are going to be powerful. But first, we're going to take some time in worship. I have a powerful, powerful worship song that I want you to take some time to focus in on on the Lord. Open up your heart to him and let God bless you. Amen. Amen.
oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours, and you are mine. God bless you. After these messages, we'll be right back. God bless you. This is Apostle Anthony Wilson, and happy Monday to you. Welcome to this week's edition of the Love Thy Neighbor podcast. Uh, I pray that you had a blessed weekend. I pray that pray that you enjoyed the worship. Please don't don't shut off the worship if you're driving in your car, or if you're sitting at your desk, or if you're um, uh, out <laughs> Ubering. I got a lot of friends, <clears throat> a lot of friends, a lot of family that do Uber, <clears throat> Uber, Lyft. If you're working in your salon or wherever you're at, let the worship play. Let it fill the atmosphere that you're in. Uh, it will bless you. Um, week after week, I try to find uh, real, really good worship music because I'm a worshiper. I'm a person that wants to spend time in the presence of the Lord. And before I even get on air, I, I spend that time worshiping and just uh, letting God fill me. Uh, with his presence. Thank you, Lord. And so uh, today I have an incredible subject. Uh, last week we talked about the five essentials uh, for a blessed 2020. And if you have not checked that out, go back and check it out. And as a matter of fact, you're probably going to need to check that out a couple of times throughout this year because these things are are for a blessed 2020. And so you might have to go back because some of those things are going to be right now, rhema words, but some of those things on there are going to be a progressive revelation. It may mean more to you in a month or two than it does right now. So you're going to need to go back and check that out because I believe that that is an exhortation. And for some people, it's a prophetic word. Um, that you need to uh, be concerned with. Uh, God bless. Yeah. So moving forward today, there are six, I believe, stumbling blocks that you need to avoid. They are traps that the enemy has set for you to uh, cause you to fail, cause you to fall into depression, cause you to um, struggle in this coming year in 2020. And these are things that, uh, when I say them, they're going to sound very simple, but in the end, they're going to be very profound, uh, because I believe that they are a word from the Lord. As I said, I spend time praying and, um, this podcast is to equip, empower, to encourage you to love God more and then love your neighbor. And the goal is for every listener to be encouraged to be really living a life that is focused on pleasing God and being a blessing to the people around them um, in order to bring them to a place where they want to love God and please him. Amen. So here we go. Are you ready? Number one, the number one stumble, stumbling block that you're going to have to avoid 
And this stumbling block is key. When prosperity is more about comfort than about mission, you might be in trouble. When your prosperity is more about you being comfortable than about you completing the mission that God has given you, then you may be in trouble. There's a story in Luke chapter 18, and it's verses 18 through 30. Go read it. Take a look at it. Wrestle with it. Grapple with it. Some of you probably want to turn me off already. Don't do it. Don't touch that dial. Don't move. Let me explain this to you. There was a young man who was very rich, who came to Jesus, and he says to Jesus, I have kept all the commandments since I was a little boy. I've I've done all the right things. And he asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, you know what? You've done everything. You've done all those things and they're all great. Now I need you to do one thing, one more thing. Take all of your riches. Take everything that you have, sell it. Give the money to the poor and follow after me. (laughs) Follow after me. Doesn't sound like a whole lot, but this man had great material and monetary riches. His prosperity was more about his comfort than about fulfilling the mission that Jesus wanted him to go on. This man didn't do it. He kept his riches and he walked away crying. This passage always comes back to me because I feel like it is one of the greatest struggles of our time. Are we what are we willing to walk away from or what are we willing to redirect our finances into for the mission and the purpose of God? We've been taught in America that prosperity is about comfort. It's about having the best car, the best house. It's about living in the best neighborhoods. It's about having the best things. It's all about comfort. We're not taught that prosperity is about mission. It's about having the money to build wells. About having the money to fund uh, projects that will uh, get people off the street. It's not about having the money to plant churches so that the gospel can spread throughout the nation. It's not about uh, producing you know, books and, and, and materials that will, um, that, that will help people get to know God and grow. And what if people, what if their prosperity was about mission, not about comfort? And if you fall into that trap, because the Bible says it's the love of money. Not money itself, but the love of money that is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And that men have pierced themselves through and fallen away from the faith in pursuit of money for comfort over mission. And so that's number one. And I know you probably got some questions. Please message me. Email me at lovethyneighbor.com. at yahoo.com message me on facebook uh, message me right here on anchor ask your questions because you're probably going to have some questions about this 
but when prosperity is more about comfort than mission, you might have stepped into a trap. You might have been set up to stumble in your walk with God. Number two, when prayer is more about fixing your life and not about and not the focus of your life, you may be you may be set up for stumbling. When prayer is more about fixing your life and not the focus of your life, you may be set up to stumble. Now, listen, that same chapter, Luke chapter 18, verse one, Jesus said that men should always pray and not faint. That prayer is not a secondary response. Prayer is a primary uh, way to live our lives. When he taught the disciples to pray, said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was teaching them that prayer was a part of their daily life, that it was something that they did daily. It was a part of how they made decisions. It was a part of how how they were led by the spirit of God. They operated in an attitude of prayer. As we say at our church, bring me the ephod. You know, whenever there's a decision, whenever there's things that need to be, I want to go into prayer about it. I don't want to marry anybody without praying. I don't want to start a business without praying. I don't want to launch a ministry without praying. I don't, I don't want to do anything without praying. And people who are uh, praying as a lifestyle, a lot of the things that happen in life are confirmation, not new information. The people who aren't living a lifestyle of, pray, of prayer, a lot of times you're getting revelation or new information because you're not connecting with God on a regular basis. Those of us that are always in God's presence that are always seeking God, a lot of times it's confirmation, not revelation. Um, and so you want to live a lifestyle of prayer. You don't want prayer to be your spare tire. You want prayer to be your steering wheel. Amen. Number three, when the Bible is no long when the Bible no longer grounds you or guides your decisions, you may be set up for stumbling. When the Bible no longer grounds you or guides your decisions, you may be set up for stumbling. There's a lot of people that are Christians that gather as a church every week, sometimes two or three times a week, but yet the Bible has nothing to do with how they structure their family how they do their business dealings, how they work, how they coach, how they teach, how they, the the Bible is not the lamp to their feet and the light to their pathway. The Bible is not what guides them in the decisions that they make. It's not what grounds them to what they believe. A lot of people today are focused on YouTube videos or what's happening on Facebook, or what popular preacher is out there. The Bible is clear that that people will come to a place where they no longer will endure sound doctrine. That they will look for teachers to just say the things that they want them to say. Just want to hear what I want to hear. I don't want to uh, be held accountable to anything. I want to live life the way I want to live it. Is that crazy or what? 
I don't want any accountability. I don't want any guidelines. I don't want any guardrails. I want to be free to make my decisions based upon how I feel and how I think, not based upon what the Bible says. Getting ready to start the spring semester for uh, CVTS, which is Colorado uh, Vocational Training School. And I teach uh, the homiletics class, which is a class on um, how to preach and how to formulate sermons and all that kind of stuff for ordination candidates, people who will one day be preaching in pulpit pits, teaching, leading uh, congregations or sometimes just small groups or whatever they're going to be doing for God. And one of the main focuses of my class is what we call expository preaching. What that means is to go line by line, unpacking and uncovering what the Bible is actually saying so that people can live their life according to scripture and understand it properly. Now, why would anybody do that if we're not supposed to live our life grounded and guided by scripture? If we're just supposed to just come up with whatever we want and hope that scripture agrees with it. This is important and you may be set up for stumbling if the Bible no longer grounds you in your faith and no more, no longer guides you in your decision making. That you don't go to scripture when you're, when you're getting ready to come up, when you're getting ready to, to launch something. Like, well, what does the word of God say about this? And, and, and if you don't know how to find out what the word of God says, how can you don't go to wise counsel that take you to the Bible and say, okay, here's what the Bible says. Because the Bible talks about a lot of things that people don't think it talks about. When people are using the Bible more for um, a proof text than a life text, they're in trouble. The only time I go to the Bible is when I want to prove a point. I don't live day by day by what scripture says. Woo, we're getting hot in here. (laughs) Number four. When your church is more a place that you attend and not a people you're assigned to. When your church becomes a place where you attend and not a people that you've been assigned to. One of the things that people don't understand about church. Church is not about building. It's about people. Church is about a covenant relationship between a group of people that God has placed together to accomplish a part of his plan and every church is assigned to accomplish a piece of God's ultimate plan and when all the churches are doing what they're supposed to do God's ultimate plan of spreading his message of the gospel of the kingdom throughout the entire world is happening what happens is a lot of people are trying to accomplish their own plan And so if they're leading a church, they're leading it in such a way that they're not in unison with the rest of the body of Christ. They're actually in opposition to it or they're attending places that they're not willing to invest time, talent, money to accomplish the goals that God has for that particular house. A lot of people nowadays think of a church as more about the pastor than about the people 
The pastor's job is just to guide the people and keep them together in order to accomplish what Christ, the head of the church, is asking them to accomplish. That's why the first three things lead up to this particular point. That if your prosperity is about comfort and not mission, then you're going to struggle with what your church is called to do. But if your church is called to uh, buy property and get the homeless off the street, you're like, nah, I'm keeping my money for my new house, my new car. I can't give into that. You know, what if your church is supposed to buy laundromats and for people who are helpless and homeless, wash clothes for them so they have clean clothes or families that are underprivileged or uh, um, single mothers, single fathers that are living in poverty, they can bring their clothes once or twice a month to a laundromat and get their clothes washed for free because that's the mission and, and purpose that God has given to a church. A lot of times we, we say, nah, the church is just a place I attend. I'll drop a few bucks. I'll sing a few songs. I might even volunteer a little bit, but it is separate from the rest of my life. And so my money is separate from the rest of that. And that's why I don't I don't pray like I should, because I only pray when I need something fixed and I only read the Bible for knowledge. I don't read the Bible to understand God's purpose and his plan. So when your church is more a place that you attend and not a people that you're assigned to, the Bible says clearly first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18, go read it. That every member is placed in the body for God's pleasure. He puts every single person in the body for his pleasure. That he wants them there for a reason. You're there for a reason. And you're assigned to that group of people because you have something inside of you that enhances what God is getting ready to do there. Man, I wish that every church could understand that. And they stop focusing on attending church and focus on the assignment of that group of people. Let me get off my soapbox. Number five. You ready? When your life is more secular than supernatural, you may be set up for stumbling. The enemy may have gotten you. You may have been duped, hoodwinked, bamboozled, run them up. The wool has been covered, pulled over your eyes. Your life is supposed to be supernatural. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16 and verse 17 that these signs will follow them that believe. They're supposed to be miraculous things happening around you. There's supposed to be spiritual things happening around you. You're in the grocery store. You're supposed to have a prophetic word for the person at the counter. It's not only prophets that are supposed to have that. Every believer has the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to have discernment for things that are happening. There's supposed to be opportunities for you to pray for a homeless man and him receive Christ. When you're so secular, and what I mean by that, when you're so focused on the things of this world. When I go to the grocery store, I'm going to shop. I'm not going to pray for anybody. But what if you're supposed to? What if God sent you there on an assignment and there's a person there that needs prayer, that needs a word from the Lord, that needs a touch from him. And you're one of 
his people. That's what I mean by supernatural. I mean, that, that things happen around me. I have these conversations with people and they're like, man, that stuff never happens around me. It's because you actually have to be focused on it. You have to be prayed up. You have to be ready to be used by God. You have to be in the frame of mind that I'm not just all about what I want to do. I'm a conduit. I'm a vessel for God to use anytime, anywhere. They used to sing when I was growing up and my wife's been singing it for weeks. I want to live so God can use me anytime, anywhere. How many people really want to live like that? That's probably why they don't sing that song anymore. You know, (laughs) but we sing, I give myself away so that you can use me. Uh, Bishop Morton has a song that Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. If you're healing, don't do it without me. If you're delivering, don't do it without me. If you're feeding the, the, the hungry, don't do it without me. If you're helping the homeless, don't do it without me. Without me. If you're taking care of the orphan and the widow, don't do it without me. That there has to be in you a desire to be used by God in the subtlest of ways. And, and sometimes you don't even notice that God is trying to use you in a certain situation to be a blessing to people. But the enemy wants you living so secularly that the supernatural is no longer a part of your life. Are you ready? Number six, the grand finale. Actually, it's not the grand finale. These are not in exhaustive order. You can take them in whatever order you want. These are just six things that I believe um, could be stumbling blocks in 2020. Here it is. When your gifts are more about your profit than about God's glory, you may be stumbling. Now look, you say, what does that mean? When I take my gifts, my talents, my abilities, and they're more about making me famous, making me important, making me money, making me, than they are about bringing God glory. Your success should be an opportunity to tell somebody it's God. The things that you do well are an opportunity for you to share the gospel. The more exposure you have, the more uh, 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 streams you have, let's say you're on Facebook or you're on YouTube or you're doing a podcast like me, the bigger your podcast, the bigger your channel, the bigger your exposure, the larger you grow your business, let's say you have a business, the larger you grow your business, it should be for the glory of God not just for your profit. Are you going to profit from it? Probably. <laughs> if you're a good business person, you're going to you're going to you're going to profit for it. But again, that goes back to number 1, it's full circle that my prosperity is not just for my comfort, it's for the mission. You see how that circle? You see how it connected? But when your gifts are more about your profit than about the glory of God, some of us are talented in various ways. And we use that talent to glorify ourselves and not God. And I believe that these things are for the people who know that God has called them to something. You know that God wants you to accomplish some things in this world. And so you 
have to be focused because the enemy wants you to stumble in 2020. Are you with me? Did you get this? I hope you're listening. I hope you listen to the whole thing and go back, replay it. Because some of these things are going to occur to you right now. You're going to see them right now. Some of these things, you're not going to see them. You're not going to notice that you have, that there's been a stumbling block put in your way to make you trip up and fall. So one last time, I'm going to review them. I'm just going to run through them real quick. You ready? Number one, when your prosperity is more about comfort than mission, when your prayer is more about fixing your life than the focus of your life, when the Bible no longer grounds you or guides you in your decision-making, when your church is a place you attend and not a people that you're assigned to, when your life is more secular than supernatural, and when your gifts are more about your profit than about God's glory, you may be set up for a stumbling. So Father, I pray right now for each and every listener, and I pray God that the stumbling blocks that the enemy wants to put in front of them, that they would see them and that they would step right over them, that they would maneuver right around them, that God, the traps that are set for them, that the weapon may be formed, but I pray right now that it will not prosper in the name of Jesus. God, move in their life. God, this is going to be a great year for most of these people listening. And so I pray right now, God, that you would show them, show them the things that they need to do in order to accomplish the goals and the plans and the missions and the purpose that you have for their life. I pray right now for an elevation of the body of Christ to a great level. People are speaking that there's a great falling away, but Lord, let them be, let the, let, let, let the remnant be found, God. Those that will stand fast, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that their labor is not in vain. God, I pray uh, all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. I pray that this has encouraged you. Share this with somebody. I believe that this is going to be a blessing to somebody. These instructive points. Yes, the first two weeks have been instruction. Yes, I'm going to have some guests. I got some guests lined up and they're going to come on. But I wanted to do a little teaching at the beginning of this year. Give you some instruction. Give you some blueprints. Because it, it is your time. It's your time to succeed in your walk with God. It's your time to grow in your walk with God. It's your time uh, to build a strong and a sure foundation for the things that God wants you to have. God bless you until we talk again. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself.